0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for The Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good. Today, I'm excited to announce we have a special guest speaker this morning. Uh, It'll be Pastor Walter, and he's the pastor of the congregation that meets... Uh, in the afternoons here at the gate, and if you've never met him, he is a wonderful person and a huge encouragement to, to me and, and to Blair and Brad as well. We often get together, and it's, it's amazing to have uh, such an encouraging co-worker in Christ and someone who's so passionate about the Word, about the Gospel, and uh, so he's going to be sharing, continuing our, our sermon series, Words of Life, and, and just giving us his wisdom on, on the Word and, and what it does for us. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but before he comes up, I'm going to read through our reading from Psalm 119. It's going to be Psalm 119 from verses 57 to 72. Feel free to follow along on the screen behind me. Psalm 119, 57 to 72. It says, The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. And when I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Come on up, Walter.
1: Okay, blessing to you all. Uh, It's a privilege for me to be here and share with all of you. Uh, first of all, uh received greetings from our congregation, our Spanish congregation. We are so thankful that, to the Lord for allowing us to be here and share with you, well, this building. Uh, I was telling to Greg that it's a challenge to me, you know, to share with you in, uh, in English. Mostly I'm used to speaking Spanish. But... Uh, I believe God is good, and He gives us the wisdom to do it. So what I want to share with you is, you know, the Word of God. What uh, Greg was reading about the Psalm 119 uh, from verse 57 to 72. Uh, I went through it, and um, I want to just say, you know, the Word of God, and I want to present it to you as a shield, as a shelter, and as a sword. Because in the journey of, Christ, of Christian life, we face so many challenges, right? In Christianity and in, in life itself, we face so many challenges or struggles. It's in those circumstances when we need to go to the instructions given by God. To all of us, his children or his people, knowing that his word is faithful and is powerful, you know, to relate it with the Word of God, you know, when we buy something here, you know, bring it to all of us to this time that we're living in. For example, if we, if we buy a fridge, if we buy a stove, if we buy a washer machine, they all, they all come with some specific common thing, which is instructions, right? You always search for that book of instructions, right? Isn't it? Even when we buy you know a, a bookshelf that we have to assemble it, they they come with instructions so but sometimes you know we are so bold, we are so uh intelligent that we say, "Oh, we don't need it, we know how it goes so and we start assembling, we start putting it together. but then at the end we see that we are missing something. I mean there is a piece that we have left you know, and say, "I think they put this extra for me or something but I <laughs> Well, it happened to me. That's what I'm saying to you, you know. So, and then we run to try to find the booklet. Probably, you know, we haven't put it in the garbage yet, you know. So we try to find it. And then we realize that that piece wasn't missing. It was just us that we skip one instruction, right? So it's the same with the Word of God. You know, this is the, the instruction that God has left for the journey that we've been living here through this life, And it gives us all the instructions what to do in those struggles or those challenges. And that's what I want to share with you. You know, when we're reading Psalm 119, which all of them talk about the power of the Word of God. From verse 57 to 61, you know, the the, the writer of the psalm is saying, you know, all all the things that he went through, all the situations that he has faced. And how the word of God gives give him protection from all the temptation that life might bring our way. Because we are, we are all tempted one, one, one time in life, right? We are all tempted. If you say that you're not tempted, you're not human then. But we are all tempted. You know, I was tempted this morning, uh, and I just want to say this to you. I was tempted to bring someone to translate it for me so I can do it in Spanish, but uh, Greg and I we have an agreement, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach in English to you. And when I invite him to preach to our congregation, he says he's gonna do it in Spanish, so that's a challenge for him. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm 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 putting all my effort to do it this way. So. <laughs> But what I want to say to you, you know, I mean, as a human being, we all go through temptations. We all face situations, you know. And also temptation, you know, comes when they want to derail you, when they want to uh, get you out of focus, you know, of the things that you are being instructed to do. So, you know, break those instructions when we go to the Word of God, when we know what God wants us to do in some specific things, and we want to do it our way or we want to do it in a different way, Uh, It's always going to bring us, you know, some situation. It's always going to bring us, you know, some difficulties, you know, that we have to face later on. You know, to break those structures, to just ignore them, also, you know, it's going to bring us, you know, some circumstances that we are not going to be very happy to face later on. Also, you know, take shortcuts. That's another thing that we are very common for, you know. You know, to take shortcuts, I mean, to just say, you know, you you read the Word of God, and you say, well, God wants me to do it this way. The instructions say, do it this way. But I think I can manage to do it differently. I can manage, you know, to do it, you know, my way, you know. At the end, I will have the same result, but it's not, you know. To just take shortcuts, you know, or uh, break, the, break or ignore the Word of God, it always brings consequences. That's when... We start reading that Psalm, you know, in the verse 57, he said, You are my, my portion, O oh Lord. You know. You know, he's making part of it. That word he's making a part of himself. Because that's you know, that's when the word of God gain gained power inside of us when we when we make it life in ourselves or in our life, when we make it real, when we follow, you know, that instruction. But also give you know give us a shield. You know, to protect us from from all temptation. It also works as a shelter. You know, you know what a shield? Shield protects you, right? But a shelter, you know, shelter is a place where you can go, where you can feel safe. You know, shelter is a a place where you can rest. You know, shelter is, you know, uh, for example, uh, I'm gonna use this with all all your respect, but you know, like, uh, for example, after a day of work, you know, and, and let's say, you know, a very hard day of work, you know, where you have to face all the situations that you cannot imagine at work. And then you are just eager to go back home because you feel that's your shelter. That's where you're going to gain love. That's when you're going to see the people that you love. That's when you're going to see the people that you care about, and they care about you, you know. So you see it as a shelter, you know? Shelter is not a hideout. Shelter is not an emergency exit or some situation. No, shelter is a place where you can, you know, gain, you know, some strength. And I put it here, you know, shelter, it also provides us with a place where we feel secure to gain strength, knowledge, and courage for the journey. Because, you know, when I go back home after a heavy or hard day of work, and then I enjoy the family, I enjoy the kids, I just, you know, like, I, even though I'm tired and I enjoy them, you know, I gain in some strength myself to face the next day, to face the circumstances that the next thing is going to bring. Because once we, you know, once we punch out from work, the problem is going to be there, so we know. So we just go and we don't bring the problem home, yeah, we just enjoy the family And then the morning when we go back, we know the situation is going to be there, and we have to face it. But, you know, that new strength, that new knowledge and the courage is going to give us the ability to face that situation too as well. And that's how the Word of God works. You know, coming here every Sunday, you just listen to a Word of God and just listen to a sermon. And if it's something like uh, it's traditional for you, it's not going to do anything in your life. But if you come and say, I wanna hear what God's instruction for me is today, I wanna see what God's instruction for me is every Sunday, and I'm gonna apply it to myself, I'm gonna apply it to my life, I'm gonna apply it to this journey that I'm going through. So that gives you strength, but also give you knowledge and give you courage as well. And that's what the you know the writer of this psalm is saying, you know, from the verse 50. Uh, 62 to 66 he just saying that you know especially on the verse 62 he say at midnight I raise to give you thanks for your righteous laws you know at midnight who who is going to wake up at midnight to just give it thanks to the Lord only only a person that know that is secure at the place where he is at and if you are secure at your home you're not afraid to get up in the middle of the night and just say, thank you, Lord. Even if you see your children sleeping or you see your wife or your husband sleeping, you say, thank you, Lord. Because we have this shelter, we have this roof, we have this house where we can all joy together and be thankful for. So and that's what he's trying to express, that's what he's trying to say, but also... We can get distracted on the way, right? It's a lot of distractions, you know. It's a lot of things that can distract us, you know, from enjoying that, that shelter, you know. For example, you know, you finish your day of work, and then you just say, wow, well, now I have to go back home and then, you know, face the other challenge, face the other situation, face the other circumstances. That means you are getting distracted because you're relating both, you know. You're relating work with what family is, and it doesn't have anything to do with, you know. Work it's a thing that you do. Family, it's a thing that you love and you care about. It doesn't mean that you don't love the work that you do or you don't care. But it's in a, def- in a different level. It's not the same. I cannot compare work with my children. I cannot compare work with my wife. Huh. Good thing you're not transmitting it. Because if she heard, I might be in trouble later on. But anyway... What I'm saying, you know, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy, you know, when we start mixing, you know, work and family together, and we, and we don't enjoy either of them. You know, so, and also, you know, it's easy to walk away. It's easy to just say, I'm done. I don't have any more strength to face it. I don't have any more courage to do this or keep doing this. And that's what he's trying to say, you know, in these verses that Greg was reading. You know, if you if you go, you know, through and slowly read it, you will see that he is using the word of God as he was his shield, you know, as it was his shelter. But also, he swore, you know, he he swore from 67 to 72. He just said it. You know, especially, I'm only reading one verse of every block, you know, in 67, he said, before I was afflicted, I went straight, but now I obey your word. Why he say, before I was afflicted, you know, because he was on a good shield, he was in a good shelter, but as a human being, we are always, you know, fighting with something inside. We are, we are always, you know, fighting with something that we are not comfortable with. We are always, you know, like uh, just, you know, like uh, thinking uh, a lot of things or going, you know, uh, way ahead of the situation that we are about to face. But God's word also gives us the resource to fight against the spiritual attacks from the enemy. And give us the victory over any temptation, because as I say to you, we are all tempted. But also, we don't have to ignore that there there are sins. We are fighting against sins, right? Right? We are fighting against sins. I mean, like a, unless they defeat us already, but we are fighting against sins. You know, and that's when the destruction comes. You know, because you know, for example, you know, if this. If the, if the word, of say, if word of God say to me that I have to speak the truth, but if I say something that is not true, I'm fighting against that. And I know it's, it's, it's something that that is struggle inside of myself. But if I go to destruction, I say that I have to truly speak. I, I cannot just say, you know, like, uh, or use any lie towards something that I want to gain. So it gives us the sword. How do we defend ourselves? And in order to use the sword, we have to have knowledge. That's why we have to read the Bible. That's why we have to read the Word of God. Because the Word of God is going to give us knowledge. That's what, it's gonna, that's what you're going to gain, what I'm going to gain from reading the Word of God. But just to make, um, you know, something clear, sometimes we say, well, I, I read the Word of God. But it's, it's not just to read it, it's to understand it. Because if we read it and we don't understand it, that means we, we're not doing anything like in the properly way. Going back, you know, to the instruction that I mentioned to you when we buy something new or appliance new. I can read the instruction, but if I don't understand it, so that means I won't be able to use it, right? And say it all, you know, like a instruction come on two or three different languages time, you know? So if I read it in French, I will not understand it. If I read it in Chinese, I will not understand it. But I might be pretending that I'm reading something. No, when you read the Word of God... You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand it. Because otherwise, it's just going to be information here, but it won't be nothing in here. And the Word of God is to come here, because that's when it started the changing, you know? So, it gives you knowledge. But also, you have to be training, you know, you, using in a symbolic way, you know, the Word of God as a sword. You have to be training. You have to know how to use it. You know. And training comes with serving, right? When we get involved, when we're serving, when we're just doing what we need to do. If he's singing, singing. If he's preaching, preaching. If he's teaching the kids, teaching the kids. If he's receiving people, receiving the people. That's the training. That's when the Word of God is going to come alive inside of ourselves. You know, in, in saying this, I just want to give two examples about what what the word of God does when we use it properly. You know in the garden, if we go to Genesis chapter 3, from verse 1 to 8, it talks about how the serpent, how the serpent tricked Eve, right? It said it, you know, how did it, you know, the serpent, you know, went to um, to talk to Eve, and then you start saying, i um, just going to read it. You know, the, the verse one says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see, look at what he said, look at how the conversation started. And you know that's that the same way happened to us, you know so when 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 we are tempted when we are just facing something, you say, did God really say that? I mean did God say that you cannot do that this or do that, but you know it's just to start the conversation and that's that's the most difficult thing I mean if we wants to face temptation, if we wants to defeat temptation, you know. The, the thing that we need to avoid is to start talking, you know, or having conversation with those things that wants to deter you or wants to just distract you from what God has, say, has really said to us. You know, start talking with the enemy and ignore God's instruction. It's going to lead us to disobedience. That's what it's going to lead us, right? To disobedience. To disobey what God has said. Because God didn't say that. He didn't say what the serpent was saying to the, to the women, right? Or the woman, So he didn't say that. You know, what he, what he really say, and, 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 it's, uh, and they know it. You know, the fact is that they know it. He said, the woman say to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. So I believe the instructions from God are very clear, right? I mean, when we read instructions, they are very clear. When we read the Word of God, they are very clear. So if I don't want to, you know, if I want to fight with that feeling, you know, that is touching me, that is telling me to do it differently, um, I'm probably going to start, you know, like a, um, how can I say, adjusted, you know, adjusted the word of God to, the, to my convenience or to what I want to do. So it will lead us to disobedience. That's what they did in the garden. That's what the, the enemy or the serpent did, you know. It was just using the word of God but all twisted, you know. It was given in a different way. Um, how can I say it was given a different way to put it to. But God didn't say that. What did God say? The woman no, and so the man. But the man wasn't there. So it was, this was a conversation between the serpent and, the, and Eve. So it also leads us to sins. You know, lead, lead them to disobey, to disobey God. And of course, you know, to death. You know, because they did die spiritually there was no more relationship between them and god so what are the risks you know that we face when we start feeding, you know or all, all those thoughts all those ideas that are going against the word of god so it's just like what i say to you if i if i have the instruction book and Dustin put it you know i don't need it then i will i will struggle to put those things together i will just you know even, even, you know, well, probably you don't do that, but, I, you know, I did. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm getting related to, it, you know. So I remember I just saw the picture, you know, on the, on the box, and I told my wife, oh, no, I can put it together. So I, I don't need, the, you know, that paper. So I just put it at the side and I start assembling, you know, start putting, you know, that bookshelf, you know, together. So the problem, you know, the problem is, you know, that there was a piece of wood, just this, this you know, this land, That was extra, and and it was a number there. I say, no, they probably put a a spare one, you know, probably, you know, if something, you know, that's what I say to her. And then, you know, when we put it up, we knew that there was something missing there. There was something that it didn't match, you know, to the picture. And then she said to me, I told you, because that's that's the word, right? That's the word, I mean, you you guys are very familiar to that. I, I told you to read the instructions, you know, so... Well, I went back to the structure. I read it, and it, it it's exactly was that piece. You know, and the worst of all is what that piece was in the middle of all that I assembled. So I had to take it all apart, you know, and then go back to that, to that, you know, to that spot. So, you know, what God has said in His word, it's it's faithful, you know, to believe because it is going to happen. In the garden, the serpent, you know, trick. Eve, and of course, Adam. So lead them to disobedience, lead them to sins, and lead them to death, you know, like spiritual death, because the relation between them and God, it was broken. So in the garden, the serpent did win that game. But in the desert... You know, if we go to Matthew chapter four, verse one to ten, you know, in the in the desert, you know, when Jesus was taken to the desert by the Holy Spirit, you know, in there, it was a different story. So I just want to read it a, a few verses from there too. You know, in the in the verse one it say, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, see, like um, if Jesus was tempted, who are we that we are not going to be? Who we are that we are not going to be tempted? We, we are going to be tempted. How we handle it—that's what it will make the difference. How we go to the instruction—that's what is going to make the difference. But you know. To believe and use the word of God, even when the circumstances are critical, is gonna give you resistance. Because the situation where Jesus was, he was very weak, you know, after 40 days and 40 night. He had not drink any water or eat. So but it gave him a resistance. Also If we read all these verses, we know that it wasn't Jesus that started the attack. It was the enemy that started the attack, right? So, but the sword, you know, the the word of God, using as a sword, it can help you to defend, you know. He defends himself with the word of God because he says, it is written. And when you say it is written, it's powerful because it's it's not our word, it's God's word. You know, if I say it is written, you know, for example, you know, if there is a sickness and there is something not hitting my life, and there is something that the doctor might say to me, well, you know, there is no cure. But I, in my prayer, I say, well, God, it is written that by your wound I've been healed. So it's there, it's in the Bible, it's in Isaiah, you know. If you go there, you read it there, you know, or any, any situation that you're facing. Um, right now or you might be facing later when we go to the word of God and you say it is written that means there is power and there is cure for that situation that I'm going through so believe and use the word of God even when the circumstances are critical it gives you resistance it also give you a way to defense and that's going to lead you to victory because in the desert the enemy didn't win. He lost. But Jesus won, right? He was the one who won in the desert. Right? So he teaches that there is power in the Word of God. There is. But we need to believe it. We we need to believe it, you know. Um, I'm using, you know, this uh, symbolic thing about the, the manual, you know, and the things that we buy because... The person who wrote those manuals, they knew why they wrote it for. Probably that was the designer. Probably that was the person that invent, invented those things. You know, I, I don't know. So who, wrote, who inspired this world is the one who created you and create me. He's the one who breathed life toward you and, me, and myself. So God's world will always be effective Anytime, in any situation that we might face. If you are a believer and you are son of God, and you read the word of God, you know the Holy Spirit is going to make it alive inside of yourself when you're facing those struggles or when you're going through those challenges. I just want to finish with, with this, and this is, this is very personal to me. But I want to finish this this way, this sermon. You know, to give you a little bit of understanding. That was just the introduction, so now I'm going to the real sermon. Nah, not just <laughs> no. <laughs> no, i am just. If you were listening to me in Spanish, that probably would be like that, but not not in English, okay? <laughs> so you know this is this is the This is the last letter that I received from my father before he passed away. So, and it's dated um, June 1st, 1996. I had this letter since 1996. And every time I I read this letter, you know, that word comes alive inside of me. Every time I read it. Every time I read it, you know, it made me cry. And forgive me if I cry in front of you guys, okay? Um, because all the words that he say, and everything he put in here, it's not just words. He showed it to me through actions. He showed it to me through the way that he raised me. And that's where every time I read this, word, this letter, it comes alive inside of me. Because I know it comes from somebody that loves me. I know it it comes from somebody that cares about me. I know that it comes from somebody that takes care of me or took care of me when I most need it. I know that. So, this is the same. You know, all these letters are from our Father. Don't Don't look at it as a book. And don't look at it as a translation that somebody did. Look at it as a word that comes from your father to you and to me. So when I read it, they're going to come alive inside of you. And you're not going to get bored to read this. Because you know that it comes from somebody that has taken care of you. you. know That you know that it's going to come from somebody that when you need it, when you claim upon him, he answers you. You know that comes from somebody that when you ask him to lift you up, he lifts you up. He never leave you alone. He was there for you, wasn't he? He's a good father, and these are letters from our fathers. So that's going to give us the courage to read his word in a different way, in a different perspective. You know, I kept this letter because every time I read it, as a matter of fact, this year was the year where my son, my son was born in 1996. He was born in February and I received this letter from him in June. And the instruction he's giving me is to take care of him, to take care of my children, to take care of my son, and take care of my wife. And he's giving me this instruction, you know, uh, what, what life might bring my way. But he also told me, or is telling me in this letter, that he has given me an example what to do on those situations or on those challenges So, read the word of God as a letter from your father, not as a book that you just grabbed from the shelf. No, this is God's words, and it's powerful.